Congregation, young people, children, the Lord Jesus was on the cross. Hang on the cross, on the cursed wood. And all the pain we cannot imagine. How much pain? The first feeling forsaken. It was absolutely horrible. Absorbing the total wrath of God against sin, all the indignation of the Father landed on him. And he called out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And died, willingly laid down his life. But it's good. It's good to hear that. It is a good Friday, a very good Friday. It's not only Happy Easter, but also Blessed Good Friday, and in a way, a Happy Good Friday. We are even allowed to celebrate the bitter death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, do you love that message of a crucified Savior? And did the Father like it? God the Father. Sison Hainer. Did he like it? Did he enjoy it? Did he say wonderful? Did he say, I like this? I have pleasure in this? I delight in this? Did God the Father like it, to see his son suffering? Or did he feel sorry for him? Did the Lord reluctantly let him suffer? Was it his purpose, his will, his delight, his good pleasure? to do this to his own beloved son. Well, that is the subject for, today, for this morning. And the text is from Isaiah 53, the 10th verse. Isaiah 53, verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Congregation, the theme for this morning's service is Good Fridays, Good Pleasure. Sounds strange, right? Good Fridays, Good Pleasure. Three thoughts. The pleasure of the Father. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. The pleasure of the Father. Secondly, the pleasure of the Son. This it says, 
he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the third place, the pleasures of the sinner. When sinners see this and take pleasure in it, he shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. You may see it that the pleasure of the Lord is prospering in his hand. Good Fridays, good pleasure. The pleasure of the Father, the pleasure of the Son, and the pleasure of sinners. Congregation, the Lord is perfect and loves and likes himself. Of course, we are not supposed to put ourselves in the first place we must love God above all and our neighbors ourselves. But the Lord is honoring himself and loving himself first. And he knows that whatever he is doing is perfect. He is content with himself, with all his decisions, with, all, with his own will. The Lord never feels sorry for doing something. Can he? No. Is God ever frustrated? Do things ever happen against his will? Well, against the will of his revealed will. People can grieve the Lord with disobedience, and we do. But how does the Lord feel about his decisions, about his decrees? Is the Lord pleased with that? Well, all things must work together for good, also for the Lord's glory. Nothing happens against his will. And the Lord is not doing anything hesitantly or reluctantly. So the Lord, as our text says, was pleased to bruise him. Now how can that be? How can the Father be so pleased to bruise his son? Well, maybe this helps. You have wide-angle lenses and narrow lenses, telelenses. And it's possible that you just focus on one thing. One thing you see, the death of the Son of God, for example. And you only look at that. It does not look beautiful, does it? But in the wide angle, when you see it in context, when you see the purpose of the Lord with all that, it's so beautiful. And you understand it a little. That it pleases the Lord to bruise him. Because now you know why. Nothing happens by chance. When we isolate things, separate something, it might look really bad. But everything is part of God's plan. 
and the Lord likes and loves everything he's doing. And he's satisfied with it. I read Amos 3. Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? Right? The, 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 the war trumpet? Do you think people should not be, be afraid? Shall there be evil in the city? I mean, evil things happening. Shall there be evil in the city and the Lord has not done it? He is doing everything. And he is doing it all right. He is doing it according to his will. He is doing everything according to his pleasure even. Because God's pleasure doesn't only mean God's will. God does not will and want everything in an indifferent way. In a cold way. Right? Let me give another example about building something not from the heart. Maybe children, young people, you have to read a book for school, for a subject. You have to read that book. Okay. I don't like it. I hate it. But I will. So you just read every day a couple pages. You force yourself. Do you want it? Yeah, I, I have to. So you do it reluctantly, forced. That's different than just reading a book and you have pleasure in it. So is the Lord doing things just because he has to? Because he's supposed to? Because there's no other way? Lord does everything with delight. All things are done in his good pleasure, not just his cold will, but his delight. God is behind it. He wills things his way, always content in a way. And you say, but how is that possible? Is the Lord not grieving then? The Lord is also grieving, also having good pleasure. And let us not forget that he's God. That he is infinitely complex. That we cannot understand him. How can he be grieved? The same time have good pleasure. It's so mixed together. So we have to leave that also. We have to just admit that our brain cannot process that. We have to leave it alone. But the Bible says that God is pleased with things and you're so grieving about things. So now we are mainly focusing on, on God's good pleasure. It Please the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper 
in his hand. So let me elaborate a little bit more on God's pleasure. Luke 12. A very kind verse for God's people. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Not his will. He loves it. He loves to give his little people, his little flock. He loves them to give them the kingdom. It is his great pleasure. Not just giving someone indifferently, but with the warmest feelings. For it pleases the Father that in him should our fullness dwell. It pleases the Father. He looks at his son. He filled with the good pleasure. But this is the good pleasure that is God's Bormis feelings, he is also the one who is loving his own creation and election and obedience and mercy. Let me just show you. So you have some more personal thoughts of who God is. God made the beast of the earth of his kind and cattle of his, after their kind and everything that creepeth upon the earth of his kind. See all those animals? And God saw, God saw that it was good. So God has delight in his own creation. In Psalm 4 it says, the glory of the Lord shall endure forever. The Lord shall rejoice in his works. The Lord is rejoicing in the mountains, in the animal kingdom, in the grass, the grove. He is rejoicing. God rejoices in it. The Lord shall rejoice in his works. Revelation 4. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. It is all made for God's pleasure. The purpose of everything is God's pleasure. And it pleased him to bruise his son is a part of that. So that is why election is also God's pleasure. Having predestinated us, now look at it, unto, by, to and according. 
having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, again, having chosen, predestinated us unto the adoption by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. See that the Lord has chosen his church from eternity with love and delight for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's also salvation. Burgeoning the hearts of his people is his pleasure. And the Lord truly loves obedience. Obedience in his son also. And he that sent me is with me, and the Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. So the Lord Jesus is pleasing his Father with obedience. And yet, he pleases him also with being bruised. And it pleased the Father to bruise him. We have talked about the verse Isaiah 55 before. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto void. Remember? Remember? Void. It shall accomplish that which I please and shall prosper in it, in the thing whereunto I send it. So there's pleasure also in mercy. Pleasure in the sense of Ezekiel 33. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. How can that be? How can it be? The Lord says, I have pleasure in bruising my son and slaying him and destroying him they have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Sin is something that goes beyond our comprehension. But somehow that fits. The Lord is pleased with bruising his son. But look at the right angle, friends. Through the right angle, lens, And we see that he has no pleasure now in the death of the wicked. He poured his soul into death. The pleasure of the Father. Let's go to the second thought. The pleasure of the Son. And Lord Jesus, children, he knew what was going to happen in Jerusalem. And he sent his disciples, let's go. Let's go to Jerusalem. To the feast. And the disciples thought, no, that's not wise. That is not smart at all. They will kill me. And the Lord Jesus said, 
Let's go. But the world, the world may know that I, I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise. Let us go. Hence. So the Lord Jesus agreed with his Father. He did not reluctantly say yes. He, he didn't say no. He didn't say later. He said, Thy will, O Lord, is in my inner part. So the Lord Jesus had a pleasure in it. And he was willing to go with us. Psalm 40. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O oh my God. Yea, the law is in my inner part. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord, thou knowest. See? So the Lord fulfills was written in Psalm 40 and also quoted in the Hebrews letter that he has a delight in it himself. And the most beautiful text, I think, on this is Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of faith, who for the joy that was set before him and do the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So the Lord Jesus saw the joy coming. He knew it is for a purpose. And he gladly suffered. He willingly died for his own glory. And because he delighted in his people. And because he saw the joy of his church. And for that joy of himself, the Lord Jesus is also rejoicing. For the joy of himself, he saved his people. So why is a young man marrying a young woman? What's the purpose? What's the reason? Is that for her? I feel sorry for that lonely girl. So I ask for a date. And we may because I like to be outgoing. I like to help people. Do you marry someone to help the person? Is that all? You don't do it for yourself? Don't marry. Don't marry out of, out of pity. Don't do it. You have to love it yourself. There needs also be a selfish side in it. You say, I like to marry you and nobody else. And it's also true for the Lord. The Lord does not love a people just out of pity. If you feel sorry for them, no, he loves it himself. He loves that people. 
He's doing it for his glory. He's doing it for himself. All things himself. It pleases the Lord Jesus Christ. For the joy set before him. Remember, remember Jacob? Children, remember Jacob? He wanted to marry Rachel. And he got Leah. And he had to work another seven years for Rachel. Yes? How did he feel about that? About those seven years. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel. And they seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had to her. So he had such a desire, such a love for that young woman that the time flew. And so, as an example, so the Lord Jesus loves his people and is doing anything for them. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid those things for the wise and the prudent, and has revealed them unto babes, even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. So Jesus rejoiced and was good in his sight. So the Lord Jesus was rejoicing. Think of the shepherd, children. The shepherd who was going after one of the sheep, was lost, lost sheep. He was looking everywhere. Do you like it? He found it. Did you like it? Put it on his shoulder, brought it home. Did you like that? How did he feel when he was home again? And the lost sheep was brought in. And when he had found it, Luke 15, verse 5, he laid it on his shoulders, rejoicing. So the shepherd was rejoicing. The Lord Jesus is rejoicing. And he takes a sinner on his shoulder and saves him. He is happy himself. A happy Lord Jesus. Rejoicing in saving people. So that's why he loves to see his seed and to prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. It's his will and his love. Also think of the text from the Bible that the bridegroom rejoices in the bride. The shepherd is rejoicing. Also the bridegroom is rejoicing in the bride. So shall thy God rejoice in thee. So the pleasure of the Lord, whenever you read about the pleasure of the Lord, don't think of his indifference, this is called will. 
is the deepest motivations, the glory of God, the joy of the Lord. And yet, he has put him to grief. It was the Father's pleasure to put him to grief, to bruise him, to so, re- to so make a way to save a people that is worthy to be bruised, that is worthy to suffer, that is worthy to have all the grief. He says, let my son have the grief. Let my son have the burden. But my church be freed. And the Lord Jesus, lovely. So those complete cooperation, the father had pleasure in it. The son had pleasure in it. Of course, the Holy Ghost as well. And he will see his seed. Oh, the Lord Jesus rejoicing in that. That his work is not futile. He's not doing the work for nothing. He's not disappointed. But he is elated about it. The Lord Jesus loved to save the people from their sins. It is his, his absolute delight. He delights in obedience. He delights in broken hearts. He delights in leading his people as a shepherd. He will also prolong his days. He will rise from the dead. He has all things planned out well for his own glory. So the pleasures of the Father, the pleasures of the Son, you can say it in singular pleasure or pleasures. I think both is okay. The pleasures of the Father, the pleasures of the Son, in the third place, the pleasures of the sinner. The congregation is the sin to go after pleasure. To say, I want pleasure. I want more pleasure. Is it okay? Is that selfish? Is it sin? Well, we have been made to be delightful. We were made to please God and to be pleased with Him. And our sin is not that we seek pleasure. Our sin is that we seek pleasure outside of God, outside of Jesus. We seek pleasure in this world, being enemies of God. So it would be great if we would be, have a hunger for the real pleasure. But we have become enemies instead. We are desecrating his glory. We're not pleased with God at all by nature. We belittle him. We cheapen his name. We despise his glory. 
This is how the Lord finds his people. Looking for pleasure in this world. In the things of Hebrew law. In materialism. In greed. In pleasure and lust and so much more. But all one, when the Lord shows us what, who he is, and what we are missing, then things are changing, right? Not by nature, but when the Lord changes people, they cannot find so much pleasure anymore in the things of this life. Then it becomes vanity of vanities. It's all vanity, such a whole era, such an emptiness, such an empty stomach, it's all sore. Being hungry for God, hungry for that satisfaction, and trying to find the real pleasure. There's no pleasure. Woe unto me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So the Lord brings to that place that we cannot be saved anymore. I mean, that we cannot save ourselves anymore. He makes people meek and poor, and needy, and broken, and hungry, and peacemakers. Look it up in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. See all the marks of grace. But then the Lord shows that he has come to save the lost. Against that backdrop of Darkness and sin, the Lord shows that he has a delight in mercy. What is that doing to a sinner? And the Lord shows his willingness to save you. When you see him stretching out his arms in his good pleasure to you. If you see it is his joy to save a people for himself, According to the good pleasure of his will. No, the Lord does not suffocate his people, but he shows his mercy. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. Isaiah 12. Those fountains of water bring forth water all the time. Ye shall joy we draw water out of the wells of salvation. I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon the seed and my blessing upon the offering. Holy pleasure. And the Lord quenches the thirst of God. There's no delight in the death of the wicked. Right? So it pleased him to bruise his son. There's no pleasure 
in the desert of Egypt. You may have seen it. He becomes so mind-boggling, such a wonder, so great that your heart breaks under it. And you see something of the glory of God. Have you ever tasted something of that? It spoils the world. Then sometimes you're satisfied with God. Satisfied with Christ. Then you have those times, people of God, right? You have everything. You don't need anything else. You don't need more. You are satisfied. And you have that pleasure. That good pleasure. You heard. This close four things as an application. A piece of instruction, examination, consolation, and exhortation. So those four sub points. Again, instruction, examination, consolation, and exhortation. Instruction from this. Congregation, young people see it in our text. Bruise them. God the Father took sin so seriously. He bruised his own son rather than keeping sin unpunished. He punished his own son. See the seriousness of sin. That we are worthy of death. See what we have done. We have not made a mistake, but sinned against the highest majesty. See it in this instruction. See the love of Christ. See that nobody can be saved without him. And learn from this that we will be bruised. We will be bruised. If he is not ours. Two Thessalonians two is quite a text. It's about the unconverted ones. So unconverted friends, listen to this. That they all might be damned. Who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So pleasure in unrighteousness. And who believe not the truth, they all might be damned. So for your, for your, for your instruction. I looked at the text and I had to take a deep breath. What a sentence, what a text. They all, no exception, all might be damned who believe not the truth. They believe that they had the, the doctrine, but they did not believe the Lord Jesus and had Pleasure in unrighteousness. Just love this life and love sin. 
the all will be damned. Second sub point examination. Christ came to redeem. Have we been redeemed? Did he come to redeem all people? Did he come to redeem all people? No. Uh, he died sufficiently, but efficaciously only for the, for the elect. So they are his people, and he was bruised for them. Although we preach the gospel to all, we also have to stick to this, that the Lord Jesus has his people and he saves them. And he passes by others. That's hard. But you say, how do I know if I belong to those redeemed? Well, the invitation is there to repent, to seek him. But how do you know? Well, was that enmity against God taken away? And before you had no use for it. You know, you delighting in it and seeking it. And you don't have so much enmity anymore. You are minding earthly things, but you cannot serve two masters, right? So has you, have you been disconnected, in a sense, from the world? Has your case from your side become hopeless? And have you found Christ as your refuge? Do you have delight in him? Do you have pleasure in him? A word of consolation, the comfort to his people, that he, the Father, was pleased to bruise him. All of Christ is ours, if we are his. Who is a God like unto thee, who pardoneth iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever, because he delighteth in mercy. Has, is that your consolation? He delighteth in mercy. Because Christ was bruised and died, death had no sting anymore. What a comfort for God's people. He was bruised for our iniquities. He received all those stones cast at him in order to save or what will it be to enter into the joy of the Lord. But the Lord rejoicing in his people and his people rejoicing in the Lord. That mutual rejoicing for the comfort One day, the Lord sent out his disciples, and apparently they were able to do miracles. 
And he came back and they were happy. So happy the Lord used them and the Lord helped them in preaching and in performing those miracles. What, what did Lord Jesus say? Notwithstanding in this rejoice not. Don't rejoice in that. That the spirits are subject unto you. Don't rejoice in that. But rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That is the joy. Not that the Lord is helping you in your ministry and helping me in the pulpit. Rather rejoice in this. Your name written in the, in the book of heaven. This pops up in my mind now. This young man I was struggling with the call into the ministry. And I talked with my dad about it. One of those things my dad said, Peter, the most important thing is not that you become a pastor. The most important thing is that you're saved. How true that is. Rather, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That will be our first thing, our priority for men and women and children. <clears throat> and then the exhortation. He was bruised to free his people from the power of sin and from the presence of sin. From the power of sin, the presence of sin. In birth offering and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. See? So, it was an exhortation to see the salvation only in him. That your joy might be full. The wants his people to rejoice more in him. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy, my joy, Lord Jesus said, my joy, might remain in you. And that your joy may be full. So that a joy that is linked to our text, right? The joy is linked to it. Please the Lord. It was, it was delighting the Lord. It was a joy to the Lord. <clears throat> We're going to end. Think of true saving faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You need that true saving faith. Not only Tears and brokenness and hunger and obedience and change. You need that true saving faith in this Savior. And the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, 
my soul shall have no pleasure in him. So don't draw back. My soul shall have no pleasure in him. So the work shall prosper in his hand. And the Lord will continue his work. And because of the fact that the Lord Jesus bruised, the price was paid. He could say he finished. The veil of the temple ran from the top to the bottom. And the hands of God, the arms of God are wide open unto us. Amen.